It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Keith. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, everybody, here we go. We welcome you into a post-draft edition of Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented to you by Jeep. Ed Stefanski, Pistons senior advisor, will join me in a matter of minutes as we discuss what took place Thursday night up at the Palace of Auburn Hills in the practice facility where the Pistons added three new players, but uh, and they've added a fourth in Tony Snell, of course, in a in a trade, but the Pistons cannot officially announce that Davidis, Servitas, and Jordan Bone are with the team. Now, this is the official team podcast, so I'm going to be as careful as I can with what I'm saying, but the organization will ask Ed about it. Can't publicly comment yet because these trades won't be made official likely until next week, which is absolutely ridiculous. And if you watch the draft last night, and it was entertaining, you know, so many times the players had the different, the wrong hat on. Right, I mean, you. Everybody knew in the building that DeAndre Hunter was going to the Hawks, but he was drafted by the Sixers or whomever. So he had the Sixers hat on, but the Philly was going to trade him to Atlanta. It was a mess. But the Pistons, the biggest move that Detroit made last night was at number fifteen, as they took out of France Sekou Dumbuya, who has played the last three years from France and is a six eight six nine. Slashing, shooting, athletic, 18-year-old piece that I think is really going to help this basketball team down the road. The question for many Pistons fans is, can he help this season? And we'll ask Ed Stefanski that question. But look, I know there's a lot of fans that are upset. I know there's a lot of fans that wanted this guy and they wanted that guy. And what about Nasir Little? Why didn't they take him out of North Carolina? And nobody knew going into yesterday that a guy like Siku Dumbuya would be available at number 15, many mock drafts, drafts had him as a top 10 talent and somebody that is, you know, very, very high on many people's draft boards. But it was one of those drafts last night where he just kept slipping. He just kept slipping. Uh, the pick before at number 14, Romeo Langford goes to Boston. Danny Ainge loves the draft and loves drafting big names. Took Carson Edwards also, uh, also from Purdue in the Big Ten. And so Siku uh, became available. And the Pistons jumped on him. Is he the next Giannis? We'll have to wait and see. Is he the next Pascal Siakam? I had one NBA executive text me last night, or I texted him, and I said, what's your scouting report on this kid? And they said, yeah, he's like Siakam from the Raptors, but he's also probably a better outside shooter when it comes to the three. But I think Pistons fans need to pump the brakes on this season, expecting this kid to be rookie of the year. Because outside of Zion Williamson, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, and maybe a couple of others in that top five or six, this draft was pretty weak. And many of these players are going to be developmental pieces and probably not rotational players. As far as the second round, the big left-hander at 6'9", Davidas Servitas, again, reportedly coming to the Pistons, could be a stash guy overseas for a year, 19 years of age. He's comparable to Luke Kennard, a lefty with great range. And then everybody's seen the video all over the internet of Jordan Bone, the point guard from Tennessee, getting mobbed by his friends after he thought he wasn't getting drafted. The Pistons land him at number 57 through zillions of trades and getting four uh, four second-round picks from the Cavs after the Pistons had acquired the number 30 pick, only then to trade it back to Cleveland so they could draft Kevin Porter Jr. The one thing that I'll say about this, and we'll ask Ed about it, is that was a character play by Ed and his staff. Because Porter Jr. is very talented, but questionable character, 
has gotten into some, some problems, and I think the Pistons wanted to stay away in that department. But what Detroit did was get younger, got more athletic, and we'll see now if a guy like Jordan Bone can even be the backup point guard. But my guess is, and we'll ask Ed this, that mid-level exception, which the Pistons own, giving a free agent about $9, $10 million a year, will likely go to a backup point guard. All right, let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. He is the senior advisor for Tom Gorris, running the Pistons' front office. Ed Stefanski giving us a couple minutes here. We appreciate that on the Wired Podcast. What's up, Ed? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So uh, what's the last uh, 24 hours or last been like for you in terms of have you had a chance now to kind of kind of gather yourself, and how do you think you did? <laughs> yeah, you know, draft night is, is just fantastic for for me, for front offices, for the fans, it's just—it's a fun night. And uh, last night was last night was as hectic as I've been in the league. And uh, it was a draft that was uh, people wanted in, out, moving around. There was a lot of movement last night, more than usual. So that made it a little bit of fun. Uh, we made some moves that are uh, will come out later that we were excited about. Uh, so. Talking about the guy I can talk to you about is uh, the 15th pick, Saku. Um, he is, uh, we never thought he'd get there. And, you know, I hear people say that all the time, but I don't think anybody had him uh, as low as 15. And I think what happens is, and I've said that when I got uh, Drew Holiday when I was in Philadelphia, he, I got him at six, 17, I think, or 16. What happens is, you know, there's a mix, and then they get down to, say, two guys, and they go with the other guy, and then it just drops to that scenario, and I think that's what happened last night. I guarantee he was in the mix with a lot of teams, but they chose somebody else, and uh, so for, I look at it for our advantage. Um, he's 6'9". He's, it fits a bill that we really need. is a bigger wings kind of guy, 3'4". Uh, he, he's a, he's a, a good athlete, uh, Good defender. He can switch one through four for Casey's defense. Uh, his shot is not bad, and I think it'll only get better. And uh, he's pretty—he's he's he's an intriguing player that down the line. Now, I'm not going to anoint him in his rookie season. That would be fair to him. But all coaches I've been around in my career in the NBA, if you play defense and give effort, they'll give you a chance to get some minutes. And uh, that's who Casey is. And I think the prime example was this year. Uh, Bruce Brown went in there and averaged 20 minutes a game because the kid would play defense. If I walked into your uh, into your office uh, there at the practice facility yesterday before the draft, where was Sekou Dumbuya on your board? Uh, I, he was higher than 15, uh, much higher. So I'm not going to give you the number, but he was much higher than 15. And we, uh, no one in our organization felt confident whatsoever uh, that he was going to fall to us, and we would all, I always say, hey, you never know, the guy get down here, but I, I didn't think he was going to get to us. So that, and that's complete honesty there. We, but, hey, you know, it, it happened, and we're, uh, we had him in today, and uh, as I said, wonderful young man. I, I did uh, some homework on him. He, had, he played with two American players. Uh, the point guard, Taylor, was out of Wisconsin a few years ago, and then Isaiah Miles, Who's out of St. Joe's in yeah, Philadelphia? Sure. I spoke, yeah, I called both those guys uh, separately. They didn't know I was calling, and I asked for a scouting report on them. And the first thing both of them said, "Great guy, you know, just a superhuman being." 
and which I like to hear. And he loves basketball. <laughs> That's perfect. And he doesn't back down to people. And he plays hard. He's got character. And they, they, they just love As a teammate, they love him. Uh, so then we went into different things he does on the basketball floor. But all the all those positive things really helped us uh, while we ranked him as high as we ranked him. It's interesting. We're talking to Ed Stefanski, senior advisor for the Pistons. Ed, you made a point on Monday in, in kind of saying, look, and one of the things we're looking for here is getting good people in here. And I'm not saying that Romeo Langford wasn't a good person or Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't a good person, but you know, people on Twitter, you know, fans asking me, oh, what about why didn't we draft Kevin Porter at 30 or or would they have taken Langford at 15? And I, I, I kind of said, well, I, I what stu- it stuck out to me what you said on Monday, and it sounds like you followed through with that with the people you're bringing in. Well, I mean, I'm not going to talk about other individual players, but we have a whole process here in the inch. And I, I, we hired uh, Greg Polinski, who's been in the league for 20-plus years. Uh, this year, the intel that we received from our scouts, everything was just, it was the best I've ever seen in the NBA. So you got to make that part of it. And I think uh, intel on the player, what kind of player he is, how he handles himself, is a very big part of it. And, of course, talent is, is important. I mean, I'm not uh, naive, but if you can, if talent a talented kid is not going to do the things you may want and, and click in the chemistry of the team, that's going to be a big issue, and there's no doubt about it. So, you know, could you combine both? That would be fantastic. With, with Seku um, comes, obviously, the notion that he's 18 and coming from overseas. So, so for this season, what's the plan? Well, he'll be on the roster. Um, he's coming right now. He... Uh, he, we just did the press conference. He asked if he could go out and get some shots up. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And uh, so he'll come over. He's been a. He didn't start basketball until he was 13 years old. He was playing uh, soccer or football, as they say overseas. And uh, he just walked into it one day. His friend said, uh, "Let's go over and play." So he played, and the rest is history. But he started at 13. He was a pro at 15, living on his own. <laughs> and so he, you know, he's he's mature, very mature uh, player. He's, so he's been a pro for three or four years, and uh, uh, and, and you know, taking care of himself. So in terms of minutes, and obviously, you know, you're not going to put a, a a number of minutes on a player in June, just like you mentioned with Bruce Brown. I don't think you knew at this time a year ago that he would play as many minutes as he did for your 2018-2019 team, but as you kind of crystal ball it and you've talked to Dwayne Casey, I mean, where where do you see him fitting or, or did, would he need a year of seasoning, you know, to sit on the bench? He's, he's 18 years old. He won't be 19 until December. He's the youngest player in the draft. Um, so to expect him to go out there and be a factor right away, that's unfair to the kid, and I, I don't see that. Uh, but as I said earlier, if he'll guard... Uh, case will try to get you in the court. If you're a good person, you work hard and you try to guard. Casey likes those kind of guys. That's why Bruce is on there. Um, so could he get a few minutes? Sure, but that's all. That's all up to the coach. Let me ask you this about the draft as a whole. Your detractors or or, or whomever will say, well, then why didn't they? The Pistons are trying to win now. That the Blake Griffin window and everything else. So why not take? 
uh, somebody that's more ready to play now. And you had a couple of guys in, Keldon Johnson and, and Brandon Clark, that came and visited Monday who are probably more ready now. But I understand, too, it's not like this draft was a, some fantastic draft and people point to Giannis or Kawhi Leonard from back in the day. That that probably made it easier to take Seku, was it, uh, did it not? You know, um, I don't think any of these rookies are ready. Uh, Zion, yes, he's ready. Uh, now some of the ones that hire might, probably they're not ready. They're going to play because they're on teams that they're going to have to get playing time. But to say, you know, that they're ready right away, even the top guys, there's a learning curve here, and I don't care who it is. And uh, I would would uh, argue respectfully with these people, the people that think that, because uh, it's hard to get on NBA court at a young age and, and, and get it, even if you've played a couple of years in, in college. The pace of the game, the difference of it, uh, the travel, how you handle yourself, all these things are very difficult. So, but getting back to Saku, could he get a few minutes? Uh, I, you know, you always hope as a personnel guy, but that's going to be up to case what he wants to do. Ed Stefanski with me, the uh, senior advisor for the Detroit Pistons. One more thing on this, Ed, because I'm a, I'm a fan of the, of the NBA game, but I love college basketball, and I'll use the example of my alma mater, Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett out of Syracuse did not get drafted. That hurts next year's draft because they can't go back to school. So it's kind of hurt these drafts, has it not, over the last couple of years with guys that get bad advice. And then so then next year's draft has four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, even ten guys not in it that probably should be. Well, yeah, it, it, it's awful. I, I feel bad for the kids that make that decision. But in some cases, the, the, the player doesn't want to go back to school. He doesn't want to put in the, the, the time to study and things like that or go to class. And so that's, their, that's obviously their own personal decision, and they feel they could play in the G League. So there is some guys who know they're going in. They think they're going to get drafted, but they go right through. But then they try, you know, we do have the G League now, and, and, and that's fine. I, you know, if a kid doesn't want to go to school, uh, you know, I have no issue with that. It, you know, it would be great if he gets an education, but most of these, these guys go back to go back to school after after their pro career or, or do stuff online. So, um, yeah, I think, and we'll see it in a few more years, the high school kids are going to come directly into the NBA. Let me ask you about the uh, other two players that you cannot name <laughs> due to trades and everything else. So, so what is, I guess, what can you tell me and what can you say on the record here about the rest of your evening last night until it becomes official? Well, I, all I can say is I'm excited uh, what transpired, um, and I think we've added nice depth uh, and quality people that could, could definitely help uh, the Pistons going forward. Tony Snell in a trade. You did announce that uh, today, and he, he made, you made it official with him. Where, where does he stand in terms of the rotation? And obviously it's it's another long shooter that you desperately are looking for. Yeah, we, we needed, a, as you said, a shooter with size. Tony has size and has length. We didn't have that. Uh, it hurt us, I believe, going down the stretch. Um, now, Tony fits it very well. Uh, he played on Milwaukee's team, and two of our assistant coaches, Coach Sweeney and Coach Gergerich, uh, were assistants with Tony in Milwaukee. They have a very high level of respect for his game and what he can do and can't do. So after talking to them, uh, I, uh, that you know we scout all year long and we get reports, but 
mean, anybody can scout because they coached them. And so there was a comfort level there. Where are you with the salary cap with this team going into free agency? And how important is that mid-level exception? Well, we don't have a lot of money. We're restricted. We were restricted last year. We're restricted again. Next year it opens up for us. Um, the mid-level, yeah, I mean, we have to make prioritize where we want to go with it. Uh, getting Tony Snell uh, may have shifted it over now to a uh, point guard situation-ish. Uh, Smith, who did a terrific job for us as a free agent, so we don't know if we're going to be able to pull that off. So that's where we're concentrating, and I think you'll see that's where the bulk of the mid-level money will go to. And obviously, adding Svi Mikhailuk uh, and Thon Maker from last year, those guys are going to get every opportunity to be out there this year, and probably on the uh, uh, at least Svi on the summer league team, correct? Yeah, and, and, and that's great because we're trying to win basketball games, and we also have to develop. You have to develop your own. We have to do that. We have put a lot of resources in developing uh, young players, and. Uh, that's the exciting part about it. We got to see some of these guys step up for us. What's Tom Gorris think? What is what are the conversations with the owner the owner been like about going into next season? Oh no, he's been very. He's, Tom Gorris is always upbeat and positive. He's it's, it's incredible uh, how uh, positive the guy is. And last night he was ecstatic because he knew obviously, obviously he had the mock draft of ours in front of him. He had the board, so he knew where we thought of these uh, players and. When we got Saku, he was he was pumped. Final thing, Ed, as you go into free agency, and like you said, it's another another summer of kind of waiting. Um, how do you feel about your roster as a whole? And obviously, you can't announce those other two players yet. But do you feel like there's any other major moves, or is it going to kind of be the mid level, like you said, a backup point guard, and and see what else is out there? Yeah, I mean, again, we're not a player in free agency like some of these. It's going to be fun for the fans to watch where. Uh, these superstars uh, are going to go and uh, end up. So we got to we got to make the wise decision, the right decision. And I really think we will. I think we're going to be a better team than we were last year. Um, I think you know we 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 had a big gap at that uh, three four type position. We added uh, you know Tony Snell, and now I don't know if Saku will be ready, but he's got the size to play the position. So I can tell you that. And then we got everyone else has to, you know, if Blake can stay at his level. I think Andre Drummond is going to be better. He's already in the gym. I don't think you ever saw Andre in the gym early June uh, working out. He's committed. Uh, and we need Reggie to play like Reggie did in the second half. Luke Kennard took a huge step for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the there's bright spots on this team and and I think we have one of the best coaches in, in case. Ed, appreciate the time as always so much. Uh, congratulations on your evening last night. We'll talk soon. Thank you and have a great day. Pistons Senior Advisor, the man running the front office, Ed Stefanski, joining me right here on Wired, presented to you by Jeep. And again, if you're just uh, kind of tuning in late or you fast-forwarded or you didn't hear me at the beginning, Ed cannot, cannot talk about players that have not been officially acquired yet by the Pistons. It's a league rule. The trades that have gone down to get Servetus, the second rounder, and Jordan Bone, the point guard from Tennessee, uh, have not been made official yet. There have been also reports out there that the Pistons are kind of finalizing their summer league roster. Uh, Benny Boatwright, a big man out of the Big Ten, uh, excuse me, out of the Pac-12, 
Um, you know, a 6'10", 6'11", guy reportedly is on the Pistons' radar, as is Matt McQuaid, who we knew the Pistons worked out. Uh, the Athletic.com is saying McQuaid likely will be on the Pistons' summer league roster. Another shooter. We'll see how he does. Everybody knows him from MSU, and that's a good ad by Greg Polinsky and company for the summer league. All right, that'll do it. Our post-draft edition right here of the Wired Pistons podcast presented to you by Jeep. My name is Matt Derry. Thanks to Ed Stefanski for joining me. As always, uh, the Pistons media relations staff, KG, Kevin Griggs, the best for hooking us up with Ed as well. We'll talk to you down the road.